Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. This morning I want to uh, talk to you about having courage to get out of the boat. As we put the picture up during the children's sermon, I'll put it up again, get Mark to put it up there, is... The little Cahaba River. The one thing I didn't mention during the children's sermon was this trip for me was great, but it was awful at the same time. Before we got to this spot, I was in a boat with another youth that hasn't hasn't been canoeing much, and we had to go through a little bit of a drop off. And as we're even though it wasn't that much, it was probably about as high from here to here. There was this only one little entryway that you could go through, and so we're I'm seeing it, and I was like, look, just you know, you're not used to canoeing much just put the paddle on your lap and just hang on and i'll paddle us through now it sounded great <laughs> looked great he's like yeah 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 brother jason i got you we start pad- i start paddling we start going through he freaks out he starts rocking the boat trying to get us you know if I, like he told me later i thought we was gonna die <laughs> he said i trusted you but I thought we were still going to die. Well, during that time we go down, we flip over. As we flip over, I end up hitting a rock and had a deep thigh bruise about this big. For the next couple of weeks, it was all purple and everything. And so that's what made the trip bad because the time, by the time we got here, I was hurting as I was climbing this ladder. Then, like I said... As you climb this ladder, you have a bunch of youth guys rooting you on saying, ah, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I try to stop in the middle. And it's like, no, no, you're going all the way to the top. And so I'm climbing, I'm standing out there, and it's almost looking like this because you can't see that bad that much. That's the only picture I could really find to to sort of show you the swimming hole. And I'm standing on the edge, and I was like, I'm about to die. Because I'm going to be the one, as I dive down or something, the water's going to change or something. I'm going to hit a rock. And then, you know, but no, I went, you know, jumped straight down. And, and it wasn't that bad. But as I was climbing up there, I was like, man, I don't know if this, this thing's going to hold me. Because I was a whole lot lighter then, but I was still a heavy guy. And, and then I jumped and, and got it over with. And, that, and the reason I, I jumped, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go all in. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. As we look at Scripture and see Peter saying, you know what? I know it's Jesus, and I trust him. I've been around him. I've seen the things that he can do. I'm going to go all in. But also we're going to look at the things as he was walking out there after he said, I'm going all in. Some of the things that distracted him and made him sink. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 22 through 33. Now, leading up to this, before they go into this boat, Jesus and his disciples, they had just witnessed, the disciples had just witnessed one of the miracles, another miracle that Jesus done. He just got through feeding the 5,000. And so he's to a point where he's wanting to go be alone and spend some time with the Father. And he tells the disciples to get in the boat and meet him on the other side. And this is where we get to in verse 22. Starting in verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, not fail while he was there alone. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from the land. And for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him, worshipped him and said, you really are the son of God. They exclaimed. So here we have this, this thing. They had just witnessed a miracle in itself of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And that, so they're in the boat. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning. And they go out and a storm comes. Now this is one thing as I was reading this that sort of got me. This was not the first time that the disciples was in a boat during a storm. So you would have thought that in the midst of this, that have said, you know, we've been here before. Why are, we, why are we getting scared? Because, but the thing prior to this was Jesus was in the boat with them the first time. But the funny thing is, I love how Jesus asked, Jesus was asleep. He was just going on his normal day. It's like, and then the disciples were getting, you know, riled up. It's like, hey, 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 you see this going on, you know? And then he, what does he do? He just stands up and calms everything. And they ask themselves, you know, who's this man that even the waves and the wind and everything just, just stop at his command? And so you move to this, this part of where now they're in the storm and they look out. And they see as they look out, they thought something that was a ghost. And then one of them, who I can relate to, Peter... Because I said, hey, that's not a ghost, that's Jesus. And the reason I can relate to, to, to Peter a lot is, many of y'all don't know, I, I, I sometimes am, you know, quit to act. Sometimes I, you know, that's my wife. I, I speak out of turn sometimes. I just speak my mind and sometimes I catch myself with my foot in my mouth. You can ask, I have some of my family here. Today. And you nasty mouths, I was growing up as I got older, I had a tendency to stick my foot in my mouth because I did, I'm passionate. And so I can relate to Peter. Peter was that way. He was, you know, he was just a good old boy. But he spoke his mind. And so he, he cried out and said, All right, I recognize that it's Jesus. Jesus, if, you, if that's you, allow me to come out there to you. Allow me to come out there to you. And Jesus said, Come on. So what did Peter do? Peter just said, I'm jumping out of the boat and I'm going. And as he's walking, he does not notice the storm. He doesn't notice these huge waves or anything like that. Then all of a sudden, something happened. Took his eyes off of Jesus. And then when he took his eyes off of Jesus, everything that was around him became a distraction. Everything in his mind became bigger and worse than what it really was. And what happened? He started doubting. 
And when he started doubting that he could walk on water to Jesus, what did he do? He started sinking. That's why Jesus looked at him and said, you have little faith. You know, why don't you trust in me? That's what I want to talk to you about today. The first thing that we, we look at is what are the ways of giving us the courage to get out of the boat? What are the ways that we can get over the things that may be hindering us? And the first thing is we must, and I apologize to our signers down here. I realized I was a talk of the town at, at camp today because I'm trying to figure out how to, to sign this. The first thing we must do is dispel disillusionment. I know that's a huge word. But the thing is, we've got to get past what our mind is telling us is before us. Because there's a lot of things in our life. Because the reason I say this, the disciples were on this boat. And they were, you know, everything was tossing and everything. And they look out and said, that's got to be a ghost. It's bad enough that we're about to die in this boat. But here comes a ghost that's going to, you know, probably do something to us. And then Peter said, no, it's not. It's Jesus. And the things we have to realize in our life, we go through things. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I had to go to the doctor a few months ago. And I was like, I don't know why I'm going. Because he's going to tell me it's the same news or it's going to be worse than what it is. And what it has, my mind, it made something worse than what it really was. We do that a lot. That's what it means to dispel this disillusionment. These illusions, these things we get worked up in our head, we've got to get past. And these are the things that can hinder us from having the courage to get out of the boat and follow Christ with everything that we have. And this is what had happened. But the disciples were sitting there, and then Peter got to the point where he's like, hey, that's not a ghost. I'm not, I don't care what our mind, our mind is telling us. We think it's a ghost. No, that's Jesus. And he crawls out to him and says, Jesus, if you are truly who you are, allow me to come out there to you. And so... He goes out there. He starts walking. And he's doing good. Until he gets his mind, like I said, off of things. How many of y'all ever, how many of y'all in here watch movies? A lot of us watch movies. How many of y'all watch old suspense movies? If y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? One thing I love about movies, I I like watching TV and stuff. Uh, I'm the king of useless knowledge. But... I like watching movies, especially the older movies, because they allow you to use your imagination of what's coming on. During these old suspense movies, if something bad was about to happen, what happened? The the music would change. Dum, dum, dum. You know, allow you to know what was going on. Movies these days, I mean, I love them, but they don't leave much to the imagination for you to start thinking about and trying to ponder what's... And these suspense movies... The directors knew something about our ability to create fears in our head. Today, we show everything and leave nothing to the imagination. But old movies will let you know something bad is going to happen and then not show it. Those directors allowed our minds to fill in the blanks. And here, the mind was telling them, hey, we see something out there. Don't, you, know, you, you, you make up what it really is. That's why I used to, you know, the, about going to the doctor. Some of us, we know that. We, we dread going to the doctor because we think it's going to be worse than what it really is. Why? It's because our minds got it. You know, we start saying, well, if it's this, you know, this may happen. If it's this, this may happen. And we start working all these things and fears in our heads. And our mind tells us one thing. Now, how do we overcome this? The thing is, we, I put underneath it, is we must know the person of Jesus. How do we do this? If any of y'all, if I handed out, gave each one of you uh, $100, 
Would you know if it was fake or not? Some of you may not. Do you know how they train people who the, the recognize counterfeit money, federal agents? What they do, they put them in a room and make them count money. That sounds like fun, right? You know, get this. Yeah, you know, one of those things. No. But what they do is they count money day in, day out, day in. And then occasionally, the reason why they do this is so they can know the texture, they can see all the, the characteristics of this money. Then they get to a point where they feel like they're comfortable. They start sliding in fake bills to see if they're recognized when something is fake, when something is not really what it is. The reason I say this is the disciples thought it was a, a ghost, something, it was something else than what it truly was. But because they had been around Jesus, they, Peter recognized that it was him, the same way with us. How do we know who he truly is and what he can do for us in our life if, if we don't spend time with him? That's what gives us courage to get out of the boat. In order to know what he has given us courage, we must spend time with him and get to know him. We must understand who he is and what he can do for our life. Now, the next thing we move into is we get rid of this disillusionment in our head. And then we move on. We must defeat distractions. And this is one thing I deal with. You ever go by my office and look, if I'm on a computer, I don't face my computer towards the door. I face my computer towards the wall. And the reason why is because I have a hallway, and then I have a, a little bit of an entryway that goes into the other hallways. And if anybody walks up them steps and starts talking, I stop what I'm doing, not because I'm nosy, but I go out there and see who's, who it is. And then I find myself 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half later, I look and I'm like, oh, goodness. I got to get back to doing what I was doing. Distracted. Same thing if I'm at home. You know, want to do some work. I sit there, oh, I'll just turn on the TV for a minute, you know, and I'll work as I'm watching TV. Two and a half later, uh, hours later, when the movie's over, I'm still sitting, doing nothing. Distractions in our life. Now, in our life, that's one thing that keeps us from selling out and being able to be used by God and fully. Now, in the scripture, you see Peter was excited. He, he didn't think nothing about it. He jumped out of the boat and started towards Jesus walking on the water. At first, he was not distracted by the storms, the lightning, the thunder, everything about it. And most of us sometimes in our life are the same way. But in this sense, he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, we get distracted by a lot of things, whether it be our job, whether it be our family. It could be extracurricular activities. And this last one is going to hurt a little bit. And it hurt me when God started revealing it to me. We can get distracted by church. What do you mean, Jason? You get distracted by church. Going to church is good. Being involved in everything is good. Well, the thing is, if you can be involved in everything, but not be involved in the thing that Jesus wants you to be involved in. He had to remind me. I, I'm a people person. Y'all, y'all know I, I love to talk. And I love doing different things, and there's different things that I'm involved in. But I had to take a step back and say, is this really the thing that Jesus wants me to be in? Is it helping build God's kingdom? Is it furthering his kingdom? Is it really what I need to be doing? Or is it just a distraction that is keeping me 
from being used and serving him the way that he has called me to do in the same way in your life. There's a lot of things in our life that we get so wrapped up in. And that's what Jesus, I mean, what Satan wants to do, the enemy. I've heard it once said that if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And a lot of us can relate to that. And what I mean by that, you, you wake up in the morning and you, and you try to, to spend time with him, read his word, and then all of a sudden, you know, if the, the, the kids may be fussing about something or can't, you know, this or that, or you, you realize you're running late because you woke up late. And he'll use that. Or you'll try to go throughout the day and try to spend more time with him and this will happen or this will happen or you'll get a phone call. And then you find yourself in the evening and you, you're worn out and it's like, What's going on? And the thing is, because you haven't had a chance to, to spend with him. And we must get to the point where we never allow the problems of this world to distract us from the source of our power, which is Jesus. He is that source. First John 4, 4 says this, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. If we focus on the problem, then we will lose sight of the one greater than anything, which is Jesus. That's what happened to Peter as he was walking. He was focused. He knew he, he, knew he had this, this power source. And then he took his mind off of it. And what happened? He began to sink. These distractions. These distractions could be problems. It could be family. It could be anything. We must be willing to get to the point where we defeat these distractions. We're focused on Christ solely. And the last thing is we get rid of the, these Disillusionments, these things we have worked up in our head. We, we understand the distractions in our life and we're trying to, to, to move them out of the way. But the last thing that is the most important thing is we must be willing to destroy the doubt. Because a lot of us in here, we're like, yeah, I, I, I'm a believer in, in, in Christ. I, I try to allow him to be first in my life. But there's still some of those doubts in our mind that, this, that the enemy will use and make you question is he really what he says he is? Can he do what he really says he can do? Because like I mentioned earlier, these disciples had been around Christ. He, they knew what he could do. They've seen they, they just got through seeing him feed 5,000. That's a miracle in itself with hardly nothing. No food whatsoever. He fed them. They were in the boat with him prior, on the same, almost on the same area, some say. And he stood up from sleeping because he wasn't worried about it and said, Why you be still? And they saw and they questioned, Who is this man? And then they, we had to get to the point of understanding that asking who is this man to understand he is the one that can destroy all doubt. He's the one that can use us to build his kingdom if we're willing to allow him to give us the courage, if we had the courage to be getting out of the boat. Because that last thing is that he is the son of man. They've realized who he was. Our doubts can keep us from serving him. No matter how we answer that question, there is a deeper problem. And like I said, we doubt Jesus. We trust our skills, our intent, our memory, 
our position, our connections more than we do the Son of God. We only turn to Jesus as a last result. We put Jesus on a time limit. I know I have. I can think of times. If Jesus does not handle our problem within a certain amount of time, we assume that he doesn't care, he's not able, or he's too busy. So we go to someone or something else. Not only must we must Christ be our first choice, it must be our only choice. Get rid of the doubt. And this is where the last thing comes in if is a trust and faith problem. Do we trust him? Do we have the faith in him? Because our life is built on Jesus and him alone, not Jesus and something else, or Christ or someone else. When we realize that all we need is Jesus, we will trust him. Because this past week, I was put into the same position. It's amazing how God allows you to go through things so you'll understand it and be able to preach about it. My trust, my faith, my doubt, doubts. Do I really understand who he, who he is? Getting up here in front of you today. Speaking and saying, you know what? I may make a fool of myself. I may stumble over my words, but God, you got this. Either I trust you that you can use me or I don't. The same way with us today. Either we trust him to be and say who he is or we don't. And see, this is what happened to the disciples. They came into the presence of Jesus and just Jesus, and they realized that they have seen him do the incredible and that he has dispelled the disillusionment that was in their lives. He has defeated the distractions and he destroyed the doubts. The question is, do we believe the same thing? Did we believe that no matter how big the storm is in our life or whatever thing that we're going through, that we believe that he has the power to handle it? And if we keep our focus on him, he's got it. And realize we ourselves, when we rely on our own efforts and our own things that we have to offer, it's meaningless. Because we can't do it. Because many of you in here can, can relate. We try to do things on our own and we keep doing it and keep doing it. And what happens? We end up coming to the same result. And that result is not what the result we need. But when we give it to him and say, you know what, I've tried, here it is. Now, it may not always work out the way we want it or how we planned it, but we give it to him and he gives us the strength. He gives us that power. He allows us to see him and we stay focused on him. And then all of a sudden, as we start believing in him, we start walking. And we start walking and then we realize that, just like Peter was, We're walking on the water towards Jesus. And we're not distracted by the winds. We're not distracted by the waves. We're not distracted by the thunder or the lightning in our lives. Why? Because we're thinking, uh, everybody else around us may be freaking out. Don't you know? Look, your life is falling apart. It's okay. Well, you, you just need to start worrying about it. Why? And I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself, too. And they, and, they, and they start like, well, why is you not bothered by this? And it was like, well, I'm trusting in the one who can sit anytime he wants to and tell the storm to cease. I'm walking with the one that controls all of it. 
that knows what's best for me. And he hasn't left me. He, he does care. He's right beside me walking the whole way. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for what you've shown us today, Lord, of things that we can use to overcome the, the disillusionments, the, the things that our mind works up, how we can overcome these distractions that sometimes hinder us from serving you fully, how we can get rid of these doubts, Father, and in turn we develop the courage to get out of that boat and follow you. We, we run towards you. We call out to you. We look to you as Peter did. But Father, I pray, Lord, that as we sit here and come to this time of, of commitment, uh, this time of invitation, we know the enemy is, is going to be talking to some people and saying, oh, don't listen to what he has to say. Don't listen to what Jesus can do for you in your life. I pray, Lord, that you'll just clear our minds, remove any distractions from us. And I pray again, Father, if there's someone within this congregation that does not know your son as Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that not through anything I can say or do, but Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit working in their life and, and softening their heart and allowing that door to be open. We thank you and praise you for all you do. In Christ's name.